It is a great day for Talk Radio. It's Friday. Here's the weekend. My oh my. It feels good, doesn't it? Just a weekend in the summer. Everybody knocks off early. Parking lots are emptied and uh, folks are streaming up to the cottage. And uh, invariably, that takes about three, four hours, depending on your locale. But that's the unpleasant part of the weekend. I've got neighbors across the street. It's like a three and a half hour jaunt each way up and coming back down. And uh, I see them coming back on Sunday. Looks like they could actually use another boat at the cottage just when they return. However, uh, it's one of those luxuries. And uh, I guess that's the price you pay for that privilege. You know, I was talking, speaking of uh, last night, had an interesting uh, sojourn, went out to the Sony Center for the Performing Arts, where the uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson was in concert, I guess. You know, it was like a, a university lecture, but the guy has figured out a way to leverage this and make mucho dinero. It's very, very popular now, and uh, it was just, I don't know how many thousands the place holds, but mostly young people. And uh, awaiting a message for some kind of meaning to their lives, or at least for him to give them a template for understanding his book, The Twelve Rules for Life, uh, is a popular bestseller. And, uh, you know, he's on the lecture circuit and traveling internationally now. He's a superstar. He's like, uh, you know, the biggest celebrity out of Canada since the former mayor, Rob Ford. Maybe Drake. I don't know. Uh, he could be in there as well. But the the point being that this guy, uh, it was rather interesting when the discussion turned to matters concerning the left and the right and how the collective mentality of the left, uh, you know, he he sees this as a precursor to more dangerous times. Like we've learned from the 20th century, for example, where you've had socialism slash communism rear its ugly head in this former Soviet Union, as well as in uh, Mao's China and uh, all the lives that that cost. You know, when you get into that kind of, you cross the Rubicon of uh, sublimating the individual. I mean, it was heady stuff, but uh, that was part of what I took away from it. And uh, I think a lot of people were anticipating that he might actually swat Justin Trudeau around a little bit, uh, but he never really went there or didn't put too much of a glove on him, although he has in the past. In past speaking engagements, he thinks like he's kind of got this Peter Pan syndrome and he needs to grow up. <laughs> so, But we're going to ask our panel here shortly if the polarization in the public discourse today is more the fault of the left or the right, amongst many other topics worthy of discussion. You know, when it comes to the federal government, they do have a role to play insofar as appointments to our superior court system. And uh, what we find is that they've been lagging in that regard. There's a story that five men who were charged with fraud, a $13 million fraud case here in Toronto, had their charges stayed and the case thrown out because no judge was available until January to preside over a trial that would have taken 12 weeks in total. So what gives with this? I mean, we, we know the axiom, justice delayed is justice denied, and there's even a Supreme Court ruling that came down uh, a number of years back, uh, the Crown versus Jordan, and unless you expedite these things provincially in less than 18 months, federally, if you get it, can't get it done in 30 months, then that person walks effectively, unless you can show extraordinary circumstances why they should not if I've got the understanding right. Let's find out if, in fact, that is the case and uh, why we are in such a predicament when it comes to our justice system. John Carpe is the president of the Justice Center, and he's joined us on the line here this afternoon on The Oakley Show. John, good to have you back on the program. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Glad to be with you and your listeners. So, John, you know, we've got this case or example of uh, more charges being stayed in a case thrown out rather serious one by all accounts, because there wasn't a judge available until January. I mean, that's six months away. What's going on? 
it's it's pretty sad. The combination of you've got this uh, uh, the Crown versus Jordan ruling from from 2016, and as you mentioned, the Supreme Court has said that for criminal trials in the provincial courts, so less serious matters, need to get to trial within 18 months. Uh, in the Ontario Superior Court of Justice, generally the more serious crimes need to be tried within 30 months. Now, you could agree or disagree with with the ruling, but it is, in my view, it's manageable to accommodate that and to meet those deadlines. But you've got a government that is not devoting adequate resources, and it's tragic because this is a core function of government. You know, there's there's a, a million and one things. There's all kinds of things that the government is regulating and managing and interfering with, and you know, trying to promote uh, equity and diversity and inclusion and tolerance and uh, you know, really government's in our face all the time on all kinds of things which it shouldn't be doing at all or that should be lower priorities. And so we've got in Ontario, there are going to be uh, 28 vacancies by September on the Ontario Superior Court of Justice, which is one-tenth of the judges missing that are supposed to be there. And these are federal appointments. These are superior court justices that are appointed federally. They are, yeah. So how are the feds, how or why have the feds dropped the ball on this? Well, they're probably too busy (laughs) doing things that are less important. Uh, Because this is a core function of government, is to run the justice system and provide adequate funding to the justice system. And so these 28 judges, I've done a rough calculation, they get paid uh, approximately a third of a million dollars per year on salary. But then you've got some additional um, court staff that's needed, court reporters, uh, court clerks, when these judges are hearing cases and the judges need more staff. But it's fair to estimate that that each judge, if you get the judge plus additional resources, you're looking about a million dollars per judge per year. So... 28 vacancies filled is an extra $28 million a year, and that is a drop in the bucket of Ontario's annual budget. An extra $28 million a year for 28 judges. All right, when you say a drop in the bucket in Ontario's budget, so if they're federally appointed, then who pays the freight? It's the province that that pays for the freight. But this is not Ontario's fault. Uh, this is this is federal government dragging its heels. And I know the the justice minister was quoted in media saying that that she filled a hundred, she appointed a hundred judges last year, and and that that's more than any other justice minister in a long time. Even taking that to be true, obviously it's not enough when you've got people like Scott Johnson, the drummer of Radiohead, getting killed in 2012. And then uh, a whole bunch of charges uh, under Ontario's Occupational Health and Safety Act getting dismissed against the uh, the guilty parties that were responsible for causing his death. That's yeah. tragic. Yeah, and uh, in fact, much was made of it in the uh, run-up to their show last night. Um, so the, the province has to pay the freight. It's not a cost thing necessarily because you say it's a drop in the bucket. I just wonder, in any way, shape, or form, is this political? I mean, we know that the American justice system, or when it comes to appointments by the federal government of judges, can be politicized. And uh, depending on, you know, their particular uh, positioning on the political spectrum, any of that gamesmanship going on here with our justices? No, we have no excuse. In the United States, you could get 
see a Democrat president trying to appoint judges and, you know, Republicans refusing to let it go to a vote or blocking it or vice versa. You, you know, you've got Democrats will try to do whatever they can to stop uh, Mr. Kavanaugh from being appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. So they might even have an excuse for delays south of the border if you've got politics. The situation in Canada is that, that whoever is in power federally has unfettered discretion to appoint judges. Now, there is a judicial advisory committee in place, and I don't know if they're slowing things down or not, but ultimately the justice minister isn't even required to abide by the judicial advisory committee. So really, it's just a, a lack of a lack of prioritization. Well, and it also has the ripple effect or consequences to overall justice. I mean, I'm told that some cases where you'd got to take from Peter to pay Paul, uh, judges, you have to redeploy judges to hear other cases, and then there are gaps in the system that way. Yeah, I... You know, here here in Alberta for civil trials, uh, you you can expect we're under. <laughs> this is a Canada-wide problem. I mean, we have a shortage of appointed judges in Alberta. It was a problem that began already under the Harper government. And if you've got an important civil case, you can't you can't get a trial uh, until at least a year and a half down the road. And that's not fair to either party, uh, particularly if it's a a plaintiff who's hard done by who's been cheated out of money or something and then you've got to wait a year and a half just to get something to uh to trial it's it's really bad well is it due to a lack of qualified candidates i don't know the mysteries of of the appointments uh, process <laughs> uh-huh. i do know uh i do know that uh in alberta under the harper government the judicial advisory committee was uh doing turning thumbs down to the majority of the or a lot of the people that were being put forward and it was the choice of the justice minister to go along with that the justice minister doesn't have to listen to this uh this committee so john finally you know if you've got this window this is uh the jordan ruling that says federal cases have to be tried within 30 months from i guess the laying of the charges to uh the outcome do some lawyers, you think, rag the puck on purpose and try to delay and stall and uh, have the charges dropped or stayed as a consequence? Well, what counts towards the 30 months is the delays on the Crown's part. So if if the defense delays with, with unneeded you know, requests for adjournment and, and poor excuses and whatnot, if the defense delays it, those delays are not included as part of the 30 months. So it's not, in my, to the best of my knowledge, it's not possible for criminal defense lawyers to take advantage of it. But what it clearly boils down to is uh, a lack of, uh, the federal government's not making it a priority to to point, to appoint uh, the right number of judges. Well, it's obviously a concern of people, uh, obviously accused, uh, not necessarily uh, having been convicted because the case hasn't proceeded through the courts, if they uh, skate on serious charges, then we all have a concern as far as that is, uh, as far as that goes. I appreciate you bringing us into the loop, what's going on here and uh, the reasons potentially for it. It's always uh, great to be enlightened. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me on your show and have a great weekend. And you, John Carpe is again the president of the Justice Center and he's based in Calgary. We'll come back in a moment. Topics worthy of discussion at our panel the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Carly Nation, Michael Giles, next here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.